0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Atlanta Falcons select Bijan Robinson.
1: And most people hope to fall in love just one time in their lifetime, but did anybody fall in love Thursday?
0: And last but not least, and for the culture, at least Lamar Jackson got paid. That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones.
1: Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. It is ATL Day Ones, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com dot com slash locked on to learn more but t when you think about last night i was getting revved up we were all suited and booted yesterday and we talked about who we think the falcons should pick or who we would pick with our atl day one's mock draft if you missed that go check it out and follow along because you know the second round starts tonight yeah. you never know it might go down but when all the anticipation all of the things that you know we've been speculating over months, it, it finally came t, and the Falcons selected Bijan Robinson. Obviously, people can probably know where I'm going on this one, but I, I would love to hear your initial reaction when you heard that Bijan Robinson is going to be a Falcon.
1: You know, I was mad at myself because okay. I literally said, "Why did I think that Flowery Branch?" was going to go defense. Why, Tanitra, why? (laughs) When people show you who they are, believe them. They showed us two years ago, they showed us last year, and now they're showing us this year. That emphasis is on the offense, 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 and making it better and building something that looks similar to the Titans, but could very well be better, could very well be better, but I'll be honest with you, that was my first thought. Like, really, Tanitra, you actually thought they were going to go defense? Bless your heart. (laughs)
0: yes bless your heart indeed and I think that when overall like like, and and just my, my over my initial thoughts were of course I was you know saddened I won't say I was upset that's a little extra I was a little bit sad because you know obviously I feel like the defense needed to continue to upgrade and you needed to take a chance and use some of that first round draft capital I know a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, yeah, they can do um uh, they can do that in the second round. They can do it in the third round. And I'm just like, no. My whole thing is when it comes to what you prioritize as an organization, it's just like you mentioned, T. They have drafted people who can catch the football three years in a row. And I feel like they're kind of hiding behind that whole best available piece. Because if that's the case, then if this is truly best player available, then you're telling me that you all value offensive players more so than defensive players. Because we know in the past there have been guys who've been uber talented that they passed up on. So And and they passed up on a guy that I feel like is a super talented guy. And I feel like he's going to be able to be a a, a, a solid, if not game-changing type of prospect in Jalen Carter. So... Um, when you think about where they what this team stands, I think that Arthur Smith is and Terry Fontenot are in a place where the offensive coordinator is the head coach of this team, and he has a certain type of culture that he wants to establish in running the football. He's one, he ran the football more so, you know, than anyone in the NFL last year, and he was the third ranked, the third rushing team. Uh, in the NFL last year. And all of these these picks have gone along with that. When you talk about especially be on uh, um, B. John Robinson and I really feel like you're in a space right now where you need to say what it is, because we see what it is. I feel like right now is wait we want to be able to establish something on the offensive side of the football that can be one of the best offenses in the league and I feel like that's the what you the expectation going forward for me. I'm looking at at least 30 points a game T. That's where I am right now.
1: But what I'm looking at is UGA and my excitement around what I saw in this first round. Again, for them, just another crazy haul. You can call it what you want. You can call it UGA North if you feel like it. You can just do any and everything with whatever you want. All I know is I was smiling because, like you said, when one through six, seven, excuse me, were announced, the thought was, "Okay, here we go. Eight is open. What are you going to do? But honestly, we kind of all knew. They weren't going with Jalen Carter. You and I were just excited about that. Like, no, that was just emotion, not an intellect. However, mm-hmm. the Eagles used their intellect to go for Jalen Carter at nine. They moved up to get him. Then the Steelers turned around and moved up 14. Yes, they Broderick. did to get Broderick Jones. They sure did. Yeah. Yes. And then the Eagles turned around and rounded it out to get Nolan Smith with that 30th pick. So once again, Jarvis the excitement about what goes on in Athens and how it's going to build. And let me ask you this question. One of the other things I was excited about, obviously I want to just say three quick things, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to hear your thoughts as well. But first of all, Nolan Smith, I was excited for him because he was that guy who people had all over the place. Some had him at the top of the first round, the bottom of the first round in the second round all over the place. So I'm excited because I think he goes to a place where, okay, okay, if your knock on him was oh yeah, he was only good because he was beco- behind the Kobe, Dean, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Well, guess what? He'll have his time to shine again because he's got all three of them again. So I like that for Nolan Smith. Of course, being a Steelers fan, I really like Bro- Broderick Jones because I feel like the Falcons and, and uh, Steelers are very similar in terms of that quarterback situation, mm-hmm. that running back situation. And the need to get more bodies in the trenches so i like that the steelers picked up roger jones that's a good look but jalen carter i like this for a couple reasons Jarvis. number one he still landed in the top ten so that's still top ten money maybe not number one money but it's still top ten money number two those brothers of his from his UGA days, I believe they're going to wrap their arms around him and they're going to make sure that he's set up for success. Also, I was texting with my guy, Hugh Douglas, and there are a lot of guys in Hugh Douglas's camp, those guys who are still in Eagles Nation, Hall of Famers like Hugh, meaning Eagles Hall of Famers, that are ready to make sure that Jalen Carter succeeds. So if he wasn't going to land here in Atlanta Metro, I don't think there could have been a better place for him.
0: Yeah, um, that's 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 and that was the main point because I, that's why I felt like he'd be a good fit here because you have guys like Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, yeah. and um, uh, Calais Campbell. So all of those guys were, were were a nice little nest egg, so to speak, and you kind of surround surround him and, and put, like you said, put your arms around him and like, hey man, here's here's what you need to do. And Jalen Carter even talked about it in an interview with our own uh, Maria Martin talking about how, hey. Like, I want to be able to learn from guys and, and learn how to operate on the next level. And because we know he has a talent, it's just a matter of him putting it all together. And we understand where why the Falcons didn't um, draft him. But, you know, and when you look at it, as far as moving forward, it's going to be very interesting to see how these picks play out. Because we know this is going to be a conversation that's going to be happening for at least the next eight to 10 years or however long these guys are going to be in the NFL. Now, T, last night, No, you know, I had my laptop going. I had my dog on TV, big screen TV going. So, you know, that was a little flex right there, Uh, you know, and watching the draft as well. So when you, I'll just ask you straight up, how did the house lose this game last night? T.
1: Well, the better team finally played like the better team in the closing minutes. The Celtics were always the better team. Whether they got game seven in this series or game six, they just have more guns and their guns would do things like in the third quarter, for example, Al Horford, who had been looking like Grandpa Al at many stretches of this series, Deadly finally looks like that bird. Deadly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yes. When, and I literally, so I'm sitting on a different side of the arena last night, right. and that means mm. I'm sitting on, in this second half, I'm sitting on, you know, this side of the court. And mm. when Al, when the ball left his hands, I was like, number one, he's making that three, and number two, the Hawks are in trouble if Al Horford's touch is back tonight, or if Marcus Smart's touch is back, or anybody not named Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown and every Celtic seemed to step up when they needed to and unfortunately like you and I said it was going to need to be another full nine-man rotation effort for the Hawks to really have a chance and the whole nine-man rotation just did not show up for the whole 48 minutes
0: yeah and and I think that you know Towards the end of the game, like you like you mentioned, there were some things that showed up that right. uh, that explained to you why this team was forty one and forty one, mm-hmm. and like with the turnover, John Collins had a turnover that was silly. Mm-hmm. Trey Young had a turnover that was silly with a lazy pass, and then yep. Dejounte Murray was driving to the lane, not really having that self that awareness. Mm-hmm. Like okay, you know he's right on you, right? He's going to block that block that uh, layup attempt. So mm-hmm. all of those things started to shine through in those waning moments because we knew that. They had, to, they had to be played perfect in order to beat this team, and they just yeah. weren't able to put it together last night. But we'll definitely be talking about what does this mean for the future of the Atlanta Hawks on Monday. So make sure you guys stick around for that. But first, got to get talk about this before we get out of here, T. How about this? Michael Harris is back. Thoughts?
1: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes!
0: Yes, and who's yes, our yes, guy? Yes, uh, yes, Sam yes. Hilliard, who's been yes.
1: in relief. Sam Hilliard. Has I need played. to play. That's that's lights. his name. I need yes. to play. <laughs> yes. I, like it. I, like it. <laughs> I need to play. If you get a nickname <laughs> on ATL Day Ones, that means you're doing something right. So Absolutely. Sam Hilliard played lights out, and once again, that was one of those Alex Anthopoulos diamonds in the rough that showed up bigger than any of us could have expected. So at least we know that there's a guy, and they they can actually shift him around the outfield too. So that's a good thing. Uh, for the 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 Braves as well but Michael Harris the second is Michael Harris the yes. second and amen coming into this critical four game series with the Mets especially when you drop the fourth game in the series with the Marlins and yes it all counts because these are still divisional matchups I don't care how early these are the types of games where when you start talking about head-to-head ties down the road could bite you in the butt so to get him back to me, right at the apex of going to Queens and really seeing what you're made of and really seeing what the Mets are made of this season, you couldn't ask for a better time for him to come back. And Jarvis, we know if Michael Harris II wasn't ready, then they wouldn't be trotting Money Mike out in Queens. Absolutely but not. But the Braves must see something in him. That Give tells it how game I'm ready Braves. to play his plan. <laughs> yep, <he's ready> <laughs> Mr. Hilliard. Play. Yes. Indeed. So.
0: So I think that and and this another cool thing that I'm interested to see because you know people have been you know asking about Marcelo Zuna about where he where he fits in going forward and like why don't they just DFA this dude and pay him his money mm-hmm. and go on about his business. Right. I really right. am interested to see how Snicker and Alex Anthopoulos handles this situation, because now that Michael Harris is back yep. and now that you know that Sam here, you can play some play some ball and you can move him over to left field because he's yep. a pretty good dog on defender as well. I'll so be, yeah, you can And wherever. he's proved that he's been proven that some, uh, time and time again. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. And obviously, super excited that Michael Harris is back because, you know, you're talking about a guy that young of an age talking about having back issues. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So, yeah, yeah so we knew they we're going to be yeah. patient with that one, too. so Yeah, back
1: and knee issues when you're that young are always freakish. And not that we have much time to say but, you know, Jarvis, if we're going to throw a little shade, we're going to throw the right shade. Uh, Rasiel Iglesias, we need you back, too, because we can't be having five home runs. Ta- you can't be tagged. In the ninth mm. inning with five yeah. runs, AJ Menser, that's not yeah. the answer. Okay. You're right, T.
0: We don't have time to talk about that
1: because <laughs> Lord
0: knows we can go for the rest of the pie for that one. But, Coming up next, <laughs> yes, we're gonna dig all deep into this whole B. John Robinson pick. So make sure you stick around that for that. But first, we gotta talk about Built.com. You know how we've been telling you guys about how T and I have been getting down, have been doing our thing, we've been getting right, working out. We've been using Built Bars, whether it be a churro puff or a coconut brownie puff or or or, or the new peanut butter puff that they just dropped. They have all the type of different flavors right there for you. What, 17 grams of protein is right there for you. All you need, everything right there is, is what you need. So, you know, we've, you know, I've been telling you guys to go to build.com, right? Here's the thing. If you're tired of ordering, from on, ordering online, you want to get out the house, or you're coming from the gym and you're trying to figure out, I need to go get me a big old box. You can go to Sam's Club and Walmart. You know, and if you want to get the small box, you go to Walmart. You want to get the big boy box, go to Sam's Club and check out uh, Built uh, dot uh, com.
1: Now, Jarvis, you're married. You've been married for what a decade now? Yeah, almost eleven years. years. Yeah, exactly. So you know what it feels like to be in love, and although I don't have a ring on it quite yet, I don't know how it feels to be in love and to love something or somebody. Right? Right. Well. I think we like the pick. <laughs> I like the player.
0: Let me see. I like the yeah, player. I like I don't the player. I not
1: know that we loved it. I don't know that we were in love with the pick of Bijan Robinson at number eight. Now, look, everybody, we are excited, like you said, about the player. This guy really is versatile and he can do so many things. I mean, he's that guy who can just, he can run up and down the field or he can be a bruiser like tyler algier if needed he can catch out of the backfield we're talking about the guy who was fourth in receptions on texas team last year right and Mm -hmm. every year he's jumping eight receiving touchdowns for a running back that's pretty darn impressive and i keep talking about that piece because we do know that the versatility is what was the most attractive thing to arthur smith right so needed to preface by saying it's fine we understand the rationale for going after him but jarvis you liked it, but you didn't love it. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, who, not named Jalen Carter, would have made you say, ooh, I love this pick?
0: Wow. Um, I think I was on board with with you from the standpoint with, with your mock draft. By the way, if you haven't seen that, man, go check that. Go check out that mock draft. Um, from a cornerback standpoint, I was starting to come around on that, right? Because when you saw David Weatherspoon, goodness gracious, did do it. The man is just super uber aggressive. Like we talked <laughs> about, Devin, where's the spoon? I'm just like, and, and from from what I'm hearing, or I have heard that the Falcons were really liked yeah, him as well. So they they that did. I would have absolutely loved that because it would have made sense, right? Like you're talking about building something out and, mm-hmm. and continue to stack the deck on defense. I want them to have more than enough guys that mm-hmm. can go out there and do what they need to do on Sunday because it, that that defense has been so so like not having guys that 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 anybody can game plan for or anybody that's that that, that they're scared of like we've been talking about for years like oh yeah we know Grady jared yeah, everybody yeah. knows they got a game plan for him that's cool but when you think about outside of that you don't like nothing especially up front specifically up front so that that is a problem in my eyes and mm-hmm. i'm all and i and I i don't mind admitting my bias as well I'm a former defensive lineman. So, yeah, I want to see some guys put their hand in the dirt that I know on third and long going to get home. That's yeah. it. And however you feel about that, I'm that's fine. I don't care. But what, right as of right now, T, like I, I did some digging, right? So I started doing a little research. Like guys who projected as a start on the defensive line, all of them are over 30 or at the age of 30. So who right, who the same who's, same the guy, who's, who's the guy who's the guy you're gonna pass the baton to yep. and contribute right now and be yep. a game changer right now? Because Terry Fontenot said it himself. He said, mm-hmm. "Best player available is about yes. thinking about the future as well." So I'm like, "All right, man." okay, Tyler Aguirre is going to be around here for at least three more years. He got a 1,000 yards. That record, hey, he broke a rookie rushing record. They haven't been broken since 1979. And William yeah, Andrews, yeah. for you old Falcon fans, I know who you know who I'm talking about. So I'm like, okay, that's why, that's where the disdain comes in. You know what I mean? Like I said, I like the player. I get it. I understand that the talent is there. It's cool. It's great to look at. It's mm-hmm. all cute. But mm-hmm. if, if the Falcons end up, being seven and ten, t like are, are we gonna turn back and and the offense only averaged what twenty points a game, right? Like why, yeah, <laughs> yeah. why?
1: Or I'm gonna be you, asking why. <laughs> Even yeah. so like, it's eight and nine, right? And yeah, you, start looking, and you don't miss
0: you miss the playoffs. You know exactly. what I'm saying?
1: Like, right, come and on. you start looking at you start looking around your own division where All your right. own division, other than Bryce Young, of course, but your own division leaned defense. In the Kalaji with down there in Tampa Bay, like right. nobody Brisee, saw that coming exactly. Brissy, um, he you know went to the Saints, so yes. they're looking at it like, okay, yeah, we have a young core if he of can stay healthy.
0: T, the Falcons better watch out,
1: exactly. That's he that's what healthy, to they because they if you're talking out. about a young <laughs> core of quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFC South, yes, it looks like the other teams are saying, but it's a good core of quarterbacks, so we're about to get ready. To make sure that we either get him on the ground or we put some pressure on him. So that was a little bit of a concern. But I wanted to just touch on something else that you said before I move on. And that's, a, to, to me, that's very important because you were talking about the fact that you haven't seen um, from Tyler Algier, or what you saw from him, you haven't seen in over three decades, right? So that said, that said, now let me switch <laughs> it up. When is the last time you saw a lights out? Oh my God, the Falcons top 10 defense, the, the Falcons defense is the truth. Truth. Has it not also been decades on top of decades? I mean, other than Grady J. At
0: least 20 years.
1: Yeah. Dude. And, I leaned, <laughs> and I leaned in your direction because I knew that you would be able to like envision the At last time you saw yeah. the, the Falcons in the trenches be able to dictate a game. And so yeah. that I think was my concern as well. Now, of course, Jarvis. Yes, there's still the second round. And a guy that you and I like, one whom you've seen up close and personal, Keon White is still out there. And he he's is, there on most boards. He's being looked at as the best available. So if you're still going with he's there, best player available, if BPA is still your thing, well, let us see you go after the likes of a Keon White. Or or when we go in the other side of the trenches, there are still our guys, Avila. And Torrance John Michael Smith
0: and John Michael Smith and John- Yeah, Torrance <laughs> is still there, too. That there is, it is. It's so, some good big boys in that middle on the offensive line. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. So
1: we, we want to hear I like <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I feel like that. But Jarvis, you also all answered another question that I had. Which for myself, which was, did the Falcons do enough on the defensive side of the ball and free agency to focus this much on offense so early in the draft? And I have to agree with you. I would said no, because I was looking at it from a long term standpoint. Right. Yes. And yeah, mm-hmm. we do have Arnold David KT. I do think that he's going to show up and show out. I think if Richie Grant, I'm just giving a few examples. I of course. think Richie Grant, if he comes back healthy, he'll be just fine. So on and so forth. But I'm not sold, for example, on Troy Anderson. So, even if you went out there and got yourself a linebacker, I might have been okay because, again, we're looking for dudes, meaning yeah. that person comes and hits the ground running, just like you said, makes an impact now. Day and it's one. Make an impact in the future. And I still don't know that the Falcons have that guy. Hopefully, they'll get that guy in the second round because, like we just said, that guy's still out there. But that said, now that they've made the choice to go after. Who's still a generational player, Bajan Robinson? Does this mean that the Falcons absolutely have to try to shore up the trenches in the second and third rounds?
0: They have to, and whether it's on the defensive side or the offensive side, because of what you just mentioned, right? OJ, um, um, OJ, uh, Torrance, um, Osiris Torrance was projected to go in the back end of the first round. He <laughs> he failed. Avila. Uh, He's, he's sitting right there right yeah. now and also my guy john michael schmitz out of minnesota like i if they draft him i will be okay i'll be almost at i will almost be at the point where I'll, I'll be at peace i'll be at peace with this draft early right yeah. now like if they draft him i'll be like okay all right i'm cool yep. now all right terry do your You're thing good. bro you know what i'm saying because like i like dudes that Like you mentioned dudes they're dudes Dudes. like there's some meaning behind that behind that terminology when i when t says dudes and i say dudes like those are people that you want to be around and guys that you want to see you want to know and and you know for a fact what they're going to bring to the table am i talking about relationships or football i don't
1: know (laughs) but anyway (laughs) i'm taking notes
0: But yes, but yeah, those are the type of players that I, I like to watch on every Sunday because T and I have been in that press box. Y'all don't understand how this thing goes. Like there are certain things that we have become used to and I am so tired of it. I'm tired of it. Like that I think people need to understand, like, where, where we're coming from when we're talking about mm-hmm. this whole defense thing, T. Because yeah. we talked about not having a top 10 defense. I think it was 1998. 92? 98? 90, oh, okay. 98, okay. 98, Yeah, the Dirty Bird defense. Okay. But, and then and, and even in the defense for a 2016, it was middle of the road. It was but still, guess what? Yeah. They still were able to sack the quarterback and get turnovers. Because yeah. not only did Vic Beasley lead the league in sacks that year, he led the league in forced fumbles. Game changing type stuff, disruptive type stuff. Right. They don't have that right now. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't see that from Troy Anderson. I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I can't admit that. I didn't see that from Richard Grant um last season. I can't admit that. And big I can't was that guy and-
1: because he had guys around him. Can you imagine if like a <sighs> Jalen Carter or some you know was and I don't mean in the same space as big, but you know what I mean? If you yeah, I know what you mean. Guy, yeah. And then he's got guys like Calais Campbell and Grady Jr. That's where we are. But we stay positive and we say there is still a second round and there is still a guy out there by the name of Keon White, whom Jarvis has seen up front and really, really does think highly of. And we've heard some good things from some scouts, other scouts on him as well. People who believe there's a possibility that he could find his way in flowery branch. Now we just want to thank you guys because we appreciate you so very much for being our yes. everyday Listen, We've been having fun in these comments and in these DMs, yes. your on, <laughs> on the museum commentary on the draft. Keep it coming because, you know yeah. what? We might shout you guys out when we do our complete synopsis and our complete summary, rather, of the entire draft come Monday. So keep it here like you always do. Check us out on YouTube and, of course, wherever you download your podcasts.
0: But T this is for the culture it is the intersection between sports entertainment and the culture and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down in the show today is no different um so you know as i'm getting prepared for this whole draft debacle to go down in the first round was it a debacle Uh, maybe a little bit extra but anyway uh, (laughs) oh i saw the news t come across my time like you know i start people start tweeting about one thing that once that news breaks it seemed like everybody talking about it i was like Oh, Lamar Jackson was just got paid. So he is now the highest paid salary in one year in NFL history. It seemed like we've been dropping that every year, it seems like. Right. You know, so whenever a not- uh, quarterback's get about to get paid, he's about to get the highest uh salary in NFL history. So, you know, for all those people who were talking about Lamar Jackson, he's an agent. I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the type of person where I don't care how you get there, as long as you get there. And Lamar Jackson got to where he wanted to be, and I'm okay with that. But, T, like, how about this for the Ravens for to kind of add a little sauce to that thing, too? You know, they, they drafted Zay Flowers now. You know how I feel about Zay Flowers. Like, but, and you know, they gave him them flowers, so to speak, uh, on on, on last night and, and gave him a little help. And, you know, you got Odell Beckham as well, but, like, how do you think Lamar Jackson is feeling right now in this moment?
1: <sighs> Living his life like it's golden. Got to breathe, right? <laughs> My goodness. Mary
0: like, Mary style. Yeah, let's yes, go. <laughs> he, got the bag. he got the
1: whole, the entire bag. And I love what uh, Kyle Brandt said on NFL Network where he said it was the greatest day in the history of employment. <laughs> because not only do you retain your job as the CEO and they give you a golden parachute, but then they go... You already have a COO. You got Odell Beckham. Then they go get you a co-COO. and get you Zay Flowers. Like, you literally had the best employment day ever, but I'm excited for him. I'm saddened for my Steelers, but I'm very excited for Lamar Jackson. But now it's time to show and prove because guess what? You still have to get out of the very difficult AFC North. So, good luck.
0: Yeah, I, I, when you think about that that conference, right? The, Not only the, the division, division, but the con- the, 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 division get, yeah, the division too. Yeah, division. No, but but yes. But maybe just, even the
1: conference, like you said, because you still could get the um, the the wild card. Like you're yeah. right. You're right about that conference.
0: Yeah, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like so. Whoever gets to the AFC, um, the Super Bowl for, out of the AFC, they're going to be the favorite. And, and and I think that you know I I like the. And the, the, the cool thing about it, though, T, is we can put Lamar Jackson in the conversation with those guys I just mentioned. Absolutely. And and he should be. And when you talk about from a money style standpoint, he should be as well. So um, as far as him having something to prove and proving that he's that type of guy, I, I looked at those people and I kind of rolled my eyes. But but yeah, shout out to Lamar for getting paid. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate him, you know, for for standing on his own, too, and saying, you know what? This is the route I'm gonna take, and I'm gonna stick with it. So yeah, I really appreciate uh, Lamar for doing that.
1: And we'd be remiss if we didn't really quickly talk about it because we always talk about our favorite moment of any draft. So real quick, what was your favorite moment of the draft, at least night one?
0: You know what? To be honest with you, T, I love the. I I, I really it's something that I like about Anthony And Richardson, Richardson, excuse me, because mm-hmm. you know watching him play, I was like, all right, this is not a first round quarterback. But as you, I, he did a um he did a piece. And the, uh, the athlete, not the athletic, but the, I forgot the uh, website that the athletes write, you know, they write oh, their yes, stories. the stories, players, uh, players tribune. Yes. And it was just a really good story. Like the dude comes from a good space and his uncle, you know, took care of him and everything. And now he's no longer here. Uh, he passed away. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, yeah. So I think it's for him to kind of continue that, and, and, and that, that legacy that his um, uncle taught him it's really cool to see. So, yeah, that was my favorite part.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. And for me, I think my favorite was, and, you know, I I don't like anything Houston. Let me just say that. However, I really like that boss move they made. They were like, yep, we got our quarterback, but guess what else we got? Will Anderson. So D'Amico, Ryan's. I feel like they're finally setting up. A- yeah. Because I really yeah. felt like, they did not set up Lovey Smith for success. And forgive me for forgetting the old OC for the Ravens, who became the head coach uh, for the Texans just before Lovey Smith. But they definitely, David, I think David Woodley or something like that. They David Cully. Set him, de- exactly. They definitely yep. set him up for failure. Oh, I feel like with D'Amico Ryan, first of all, it. D'Amico wouldn't have taken this job if he didn't feel like they were going to set him up for success, but to come out of the gate and tell him that they're committed to giving him a team that can contend in the AFC South. That was my favorite moment. Boss move straight up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You talking about getting those type two guys, the second best quarterback in, in in this, in this draft, in this class. And then Will Anderson, the best edge player, um, you know, from a consensus standpoint in his draft as well. So, yeah, I, I love it. I, I appreciate those guys being super aggressive because I'm rooting for D'Amico Ryan. So I don't care what y'all say. Like, I, I, I like I like his T-low. I like his get down. And I, and I have no qualms about saying that they're on the right track when they hired that guy. And this draft is a good dog on start. We appreciate you guys for getting off to a good start on a good Friday by making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day and also we want to give a quick shout out to our everydayers those are the people who listen to this show each and every day if you don't do that what are you waiting on i need you we need you to get your life together and become an everydayer. but folks coming up on monday though we will dive into where the hawks are headed and is the future bright That's on Monday. So make sure you just stick around for that. And last but not least, before we get out of here, share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.